Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will continue on in the Bible series from the book of Isaiah with part two of this message entitled, You Are God's Delight. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 62. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let's turn to Isaiah 62 and ask the Holy Spirit to open your mind. Three points we had. Father's plan, Redeemer's work, and the the glorious church. That is the point that we want to look at. The glorious church. And the glorious church is the Father's plan from all eternity. It is for that Christ died. And so we said, and there are a number of terms in Isaiah 62 describing this glorious church. First of all, negatively, it is a church no longer what? Deserted, desolate, cursed, forsaken. And let's turn to Micah chapter 6, 13 through 15. Therefore I have begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. You will eat but not be satisfied. Your stomach will still be empty. You will store up but save nothing. Because what you save, I will give it to the sword. You will plant but not harvest. You will press olives but not use the oil on yourselves. You will crush grapes but not drink wine. Well, that, and that's because of the curse. But you notice in Isaiah 62, verse 8, and that curse is removed forever. So, not deserted, not desolate, not cursed. Look at verse 8. The Lord has sown by his right hand and by his mighty arm. Never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies. The curse is completely taken out. Let's praise God. We were cursed, but now we are blessed people forever never again will be cursed that's why we believe in the security of our salvation secondly we are told that the church is guided by the Lord marching on in the way of the Lord as it was true in Exodus God delivered them and guided them we are marching to Zion, every one of us. And so this is stated in verse 10. Pass through, pass through the gates. Double imperatives. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. All hindrances removed. Raise a banner for the nations. So this is the people of God redeemed and set free from all evil and captivity and they are now moving on in this way now the question is what is this way so we let's look at some uh, examples of reference to the way Isaiah 11 uh, verse 16 uh, makes reference to the way Isaiah 11 verse 16 there will be a highway for the remnant of his people. 
that is left from Assyria, from Assyrian captivity, just like there was deliverance from Egypt, there will be deliverance from Assyria, there will be deliverance from Babylon, but it all stands for deliverance from sin and Satan, from all captivity. And there will be a highway for the remnant of his people, the people of God. There will be. All right. Let's find out a little more. Isaiah 35 and verse 8. And a highway will be there. There will be a highway for the people of God. So that they can go marching to Zion. The heavenly Zion for us. It will be called the way of what? Holiness, a word that evangelicals don't like. They are allergic to that word. And that's what this church is all about. And I know some of you don't like me because I don't preach Jesus and fornication, Jesus and dope, Jesus and laziness, Jesus and divorce. And somebody said, beaten graduates, uh, they have the same divorce rate as the unbelievers. It is amazing. Vision is supposed to be an evangelical school. But that's not what the scripture says. It says until death puts you apart. Is that true? Or did I misunderstand it? So, and a highway will be there, but it is, which will be called what? The way of holiness. You see, Jesus understood Isaiah well. That's why he later said, I am that way. You see, I am the way the truth and the life notice the unclean will not journey on it let me tell you uh, the if you are a Christian you must be born again now you don't have to be born again to become a member of uh, this church or any church you can fool me fool the elders fool everybody else and there is no sure fire way of identifying who a born again person is and who a, a person not born again but eventually it will manifest itself by their fruits you shall know them but the true church consists of people who are born of God and therefore they will love holiness and and only they will walk on this highway it is highway of holiness no unclean person that is no one who is uh, not born again will uh, walk on this highway and let's turn to Isaiah 49 and verse 11. And it says here, I will turn all mountains into roads and my highways will be raised up. So God, God himself is going to make this way, this way of holiness. And now we are told in Isaiah 62, pass through, pass through the gates, that is, uh, it can be interpreted uh, the gates of Babylon, gates of Assyria, gates of wherever you were captives. Uh, but the gates is now opened up and uh, pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, all hindrances are removed so that we can now unhindered in the way of holiness on our journey to heavenly Zion that's what Christian life is all about so Jesus understood uh, this reference to the way the way of holiness uh, and he said I am the way the truth and the life in John 14 and verse 6 
And how are we walking on this highway? Notice, raise a banner for the nations. We are marching to Zion, but as we are marching, what are we doing? We are raising a banner. Now, this banner is raised so that the nations will come to us and be part of this church by their faith in Jesus Christ. What do you think is the, is the banner? It is the sign of the cross. In other words, it is the preaching of the cross. That is the only way a person can come to know Jesus Christ. St. Paul said he didn't want to know anything but Jesus Christ and what? Him crucified. And if you go to a church where that is not preached, that's not a church. They did not raise the banner. Turn to Isaiah 49 and verse 22. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the Gentiles. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. And you could also read Isaiah 11 verse 10 and so on. There, This idea of banner is discussed a number of times. And that banner is, is the banner of the cross. It has to do with the preaching of the cross. That Jesus Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. In other words, we are marching to Zion with triumphant. Uh, we are triumphant people of God. We are lifting up the cross. And so Jesus understood this. Let's turn to the book of John. John's Gospel, uh, chapter 3. And verse 14 and 15, he says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, and that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And the Gentile nations want to see this banner, want to hear the gospel proclaimed by our word and by our life, that they may come to the light of the gospel and be saved. Or turn to John 12 and verse 32. And here the Lord Jesus Christ says, But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And this is what the church does. Church is lifting up the banner of Christ crucified for the Gentiles to be put their faith in it. And thirdly, the church is a radiant church. It is a radiant church. And let's turn to Isaiah 60 and verse uh, 2. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. And Isaiah 62 verse 1. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent and so on till her righteousness shines out like the dawn her salvation like a blazing torch. From the book of Ephesians, God's eternal purpose concerning us that we be what? Come on. Holy and what? Blameless. What is our problem? Sin, guilt. And God's eternal purpose was to remove all that so that we become holy to have eternal fellowship with God. So God does not promise that we will become rich and famous. Uh, but he does promise that he will make us holy. And that 
is what Christ is doing. Ephesians 5, if you read this morning, let me read it again, verse, beginning with verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. For what purpose? To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, that the word of God sanctify them by thy truth thy word is truth and to present her to himself that's our destiny is to be the bride of Jesus Christ Um, and Jesus Christ is holy Jesus Christ is our bridegroom and he needs a bride radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless that's the purpose I'm, I'm sure it's a little disappointing uh, you know, we are looking at this and that and, and make money and buy heavier SUVs. I would rather be holy. And, uh, and so, notice then, it is a radiant church. That is not just imputed righteousness. Yes, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to our account. And as a result, you practice righteousness. Isn't that true? So there is an imputed righteousness and there is also an imparted righteousness. Righteousness manifesting in your life. When a child obeys the mother, he has imparted righteousness on the basis of what? Imputed righteousness. Justified person will also be what? Sanctified. We should never separate justification from personal what? Sanctification. A wife who says that she is justified will also submit to her husband. Don't you think so? See, I am already in trouble. I shouldn't have said that. But if you say I'm justified but I don't submit to my husband, uh, well, then you have a problem. And your justification is called into question. A husband who is supposed to provide for the wife, he doesn't provide. And he says he's a Christian, he has a a problem. And so, where there is justification, there must be sanctification, which must shine out like the dawn. And like a blazing torch, that other people can see the difference. I, I don't think we could see imputed righteousness. But we can see the imparted righteousness, that is, how we live daily. And that's what we are talking about. Uh, Let's look at the book of Revelation. And let's take a look at uh, how this uh, bride of Christ uh, is uh, dressed. Revelation 19, verse 7 and 8. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And now we are told what it is. There is a commentary by the author, St. John. And what is the commentary? Fine linen stands for the imputed righteousness. Is that what it says? No. Fine linen stands for the righteous deeds of the saints. And so... If anybody says, I'm a Christian, but I don't live a holy life, he is contradicting himself. Wherever there is imputed righteousness, there will also be holiness manifesting itself to the world. You are the light of the world. And so on. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? 
good works which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. And number four, the glorious church has a new name. The old is gone, new has come. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, isn't it? The old name was what? A rebel, wicked, hmm? desolate, covenant breaker, disobedient, powerless, enemies of God, ungodly. But all that is gone, and now we are given a new name. Now, new name, biblically speaking, comes because of a new condition and a new nature and new capacities that have come to you. Therefore, there is a new name. So where there is a new name, there is a new nature. And so because God's people are born again, born of the Spirit of God, therefore you are given a new name. Because of this new nature, new capacity, and new condition, new environment. And what, what are those names? Of course, you remember we, Israel had a pretty nice pet name when we studied Deuteronomy 32 months ago. What was that name? Jeshurun. That comes from a Hebrew word yashar, which means straight. In other words, Jeshurun means they are straight ones, they are righteous ones. And of course, the problem with Israel was Jeshurun grew fat and what? Kicked God and abandoned God and worshipped idols. But now, of course, she is entitled to that name, which is not referenced here. But there is a name that is given to her. What's her name? Hefzibah. Hafetz. Hafetz means good pleasure, happiness. And Hetzipah means, God is speaking, my delight, my joy, my pleasure is in her. Means what? In you, in the church. And imagine that, God, the eternal God, the infinite God, the almighty God, the omnipresent God, self-existing, self-sufficient Yahweh, <laughs> finds his joy and pleasure by looking at you and looking at me. Just amazing statement here. Forget about all the bad names we had. It's all gone now. We are new creation. And God has given us a new name, which is Hepzibah. Another name is Beulah. means that you are married. Married to whom? Married to God himself. And you are the bride of Christ. Look at verse 5 in Isaiah 62. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over. This is reality. It's not some story. God rejoices in us. We give him pleasure. Hallelujah. I mean, who are we? Nothing. The nothings of this world. But God looked upon us with his love. And... And, and he receives pleasure and joy from us. And number five, very quickly, look at verse seven. It says, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the what? The praise of the earth. Let me tell you, church is God's finest creation in history. There is no greater creation of God than the church of Jesus Christ. 
taking some wicked, crazy nothings and make them shine like the dawn and like a blazing torch. Make them like God. That's what God has done with us. And that's why redemption is the greatest work. The church is the greatest work of God, of the triune God in the history of the world. Not anything else. You are the praise of the earth. And, and when he comes again, it will be proven that you are the praise of the whole earth. Now they despise you, but in, in due time, uh, we will be the praise of the whole earth. Number six, we are the blessed ones. And we already spoke about it, verse 8 and 9. The curse is gone forever. And the blessings have come. Notice in the covenant language, if you keep the covenant, you, you are blessed. And so we are blessed ones, and that is forever. And notice, uh, the Lord has sown by his right hand and by his mighty arm. This speaks about personal involvement and personal exercise of power to make us to be what? The blessed people. Israel is what? Blessed. Balaam, you cannot curse them. <laughs> they are what? Blessed. Tell, you see, that's the truth. Every one of you who trusts in Jesus Christ is blessed forever. I said blessed forever. It is a permanent condition. Hallelujah. Blessed forever. All right. Uh, number seven. And look at verse nine. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord. That means what? We are a thankful people. You see, if you read Romans 1 verse 21, there is a description of the people of the world. One thing about them is what? Unthankful. You look at an unbeliever. Have you seen an unbeliever thanking God? For, for his life, for his breathing, for his food, for anything? No. Jesus Christ thanked God. Isn't that true? He lifted his eyes to the heavens. And a true Christian is always what? Thankful. Thankful. That speaks about his dependency, his creatureliness. I am a creature. And I exist by God's will. And he provided for me all these things. And above all, he provided for me salvation in Jesus Christ. And so we say what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number eight is that we are a victorious church. That comes from verse 10. The idea is that we are going with the banner. That raised banner is speaking about what? Triumph. Victory. You see, let's turn to... Uh, 2nd uh, Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 very quickly there St. Paul says this verse 14 2nd Corinthians 2 but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him that is through us spreads everywhere the knowledge of the gospel that is the cross but the point I want to make here is that we are a triumphant people because Christ died and Christ rose, Christ ascended, Christ is seated, Christ is reigning forever. All things are made subject to him and we are seated with him. We are not a defeated people. We are a triumphant people. Let's praise him. And not only that, 
Christ's reward. God has given Christ a reward for his redemptive work. Do you know what that is all about? What did he get for all his work? Anybody knows? The church. The church is his reward. And that is stated here in verse 11. See his reward is with him. See his reward is with him. And the church is his bride. And that's his reward for his labor. His redemptive work. We are his. We are his bride. And number 10. And look at verse 12. They will be called one. Come on. They'll be called uh, in the Hebrew, I believe, people of holiness. People characterized by what? Holiness. People of holiness. Will be called a holy people. That is, people who are separate from the world and the lifestyle and the philosophy. As light is different from darkness. We are different from the world. We are a holy people. And if you are born of God, you will love holiness. If you are not born of God, there is no difference between you and the people uh, who are in the world. They'll be called what? Holy people. And he's speaking about you. Holy people who shines out like the dawn, whose salvation like a burning torch. Holy people. What else we are called? Uh, let me say further, Exodus 19. Let's turn to Exodus 19, verse 6. It is speaking about, the Lord is speaking, verse 5 and 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. That's his reward. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and what? A holy nation. And St. Peter speaks about this in First Peter 2 and so on. Now let, let me speak in the book of Ephesians. St. Paul says, He who stole, let him continue to steal, but not every day. Is that what it says? Come on now. He who stole, let him what? Steal no longer. Um, that's negative, but positive. Let him what? Work with his hands... And that's not good enough that he may have something to give to other people. Notice the complete transformation. He was stealing from other people. Now, because he is a Christian, he works with his hands and he gives to other people who are needy. This is what holiness is all about. He who was a liar, now he tells truth. He who was a drunkard, now he is sober. And proclaims the gospel. And that's the idea of, uh, of holiness. Experimental holiness. He, he who was an adulterer. Now he is faithful uh, to his wife. And so on. And the next. He'll be called what? Redeemed of the Lord. And we know the whole idea of redemption. That Christ gave us our kinsman redeemer. His own life to set us free from all our bondage purchased by his blood so possessed by the Lord do you know that he purchased you therefore I am not my 
own I belong to Jesus and then we are told you are sought after you know what that means I, I'm not going to tell the Hebrew word I'm going to keep it a secret for some other purpose but actually the Hebrew word means you are the most beautiful person in the universe so beautiful that you are sought after by whom by God <laughs> and by the people of the world isn't that amazing now of course we understand God put that beauty in us it is by his own creation but you are the more that's what I said you church is the most beautiful creation of the infinite personal God in history there is nothing else outside of the church that is beautiful and so beautiful that he sent his own son uh, to die in our place uh, to save us and so on think about that sought after and what else a city what is it come on city what no longer forsaken you remember the city was destroyed in 586 Jerusalem and Pompey conquered it and so on and finally in AD 70 it was what destroyed but this is speaking about the city the people of God the new Jerusalem it is not forsaken you see that is putting in negatively for positive emphasis a city built beautifully let's take a look at the beauty of this city uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 9 uh, 21 and beginning with verse 9 this is speaking about you this is one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues came and said to me come I will show you the bride and who is the bride come on you the sought after the holy people I will show you the bride the wife of the lamb that's what you are and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city speaking about people of God Jerusalem and Jerusalem is coming down from here so this is heavenly Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God and listen it shone with the glory of God you see finally God's purpose has been fulfilled to have a church that will be like God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel like a jasper clear as crystal and you can read on speaking about a city not forsaken but built by God and made beautiful that's speaking about you alright uh, go on quickly Isaiah 62 and take a look at this profound statement and verse 3 you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand a royal diadem in the hand of God now just think about it speaking about you you are compared to what a crown of glory a royal diadem and where is this crown of glory come on in the hand of God himself now that tells us a few things but before I say that the Bible speaks about Malachi 3 verse 17 it speaks about this they will be mine in the day when I make my jewels says the Lord Almighty and Zechariah says the Lord their God will save them on that day 
as the flock of his people, they will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. And now comes this reference that you, the church, is a crown of beauty in his hand. And that means what? We are priceless treasure from God's point of view. Don't worry about what everybody else tells about you. You must concern yourself what God is speaking about you. You are priceless treasure. In his hand means in his care. This means you are what? Secure. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. My father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of his hand. I and my father are one. You see the security. Where are you? And what are you? A royal diadem. And not only that, you are his portion. He looks upon it. He gets pleasure from us. And what are we doing? We look upon him and we get pleasure out of him. That's what it is. We are his portion and he is what? Our portion. The Bible says we are seated with Christ. Isn't that true? In heavenly places. Now, let's uh, look at one more thing. What is the purpose? Uh, The penultimate purpose, let us say, of Uh, Making us glorious. Well, this is the purpose. Quickly, Isaiah 62, verse 2. What does it say? The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. Or look at chapter uh, 60 and verse 3. This is a little more clear. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now tell me, what's the purpose of your life? Why did God make you glorious? Why did God save you? Why did God forgive your sins? Why did God justify you? Why did God send Holy Spirit into your life? So that what? You may shine. You are the display, we said, of God's splendor. So that the nations will come to your light and may be saved. You see, through Zion... God purposes to save the whole people of the world. We are to be witnesses uh, to, to the world. Zion is saved for the salvation of the whole world through her. You understand that? Purpose is not making money and or getting rich. That's not our purpose. It may be the purpose of everybody else. But our purpose is to shine like stars in the universe, holding forth the word of life that kings, all kings may come and nations may come as he spoke to Abraham in the all the families of the earth be blessed. And so the great commission, as we read in Acts 1, is you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. Who are you? What is your name? Well, the name is Hepzibah, Beulah. You are the most beautiful and precious creation of God in all of history. 
you display God's glory in greater brilliance than the universe than the holy angels do you know that you were darkness but now you are light in the Lord do you know that you are God's delight God's joy you are God's inheritance you are God's handiwork he glories in us we glory in him he loved us from all eternity and he will love us to all eternity even now you are a royal diadem in his hand let me ask you do you have something to worry about you think the world will defeat you Satan will swallow you hmm? come on tell me what are you worried about if this is so kept in the very hand of God we are the bride of Christ we are a radiant church for us Christ paid his own life that must tell us how much God values us in one moment you were without strength a sinner ungodly enemy of God and the next moment you became Hepzibah hallelujah just like that the Holy Spirit changed you and transformed you yes I know my plans for you a plan to prosper you not to harm you and to give you what a future what type of future an eternity of living with this God in great felicity hallelujah and great joy you have been listening to grace and glory audio presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 